The following is a Down with a Dig production. This is Ohio Laborers Union and you, helping laborers understand the benefits of being part of a great union. Welcome to another episode of Ohio Laborers Union and You. I'm your host, Bethany Billy. Being a, an Ohio laborer takes a lot of skills, and to continue to improve on those skills and learn new skills, we have a training center here in Howard, Ohio. Today to talk to us about what the training center has to offer and some of the new and inventive ways that laborers are being trained is training director John Hughes. Thanks for having me, Beth. Now, John, you are a longtime laborer, and if I'm not mistaken, a second-generation laborer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. My my dad was a member for 42 years out of Labor's Local 530 in Zanesville. Uh, unlike many of our, well, I guess like many of our folks, uh, my dad said, go do something else. He didn't want me to be a laborer, so I had many varied careers, went to college, and eventually got my degree from the Ohio State University. And then family got involved, and being a laborer was a good thing. So I got in in 1990, uh, just celebrating, celebrating my 32nd year as a laborer and done quite a few things. I started out uh, with the Shelley Company in 1990. Uh, then I went to the training center in 1998 as an instructor. Uh, 2005, when they really kicked off the statewide apprenticeship program, I was a statewide apprenticeship coordinator. Uh, then in 2010, they asked me to be the uh, lesson director. And I did that until about 2019. And then when uh, Bob Chatterson retired as the executive director at the training center, they asked me to go back up to be the training director. So that's how I got here today. You have uh, worn a lot of hats here with the laborers. Um, so you act, you know you know a lot about the industry and everything that's going on. Uh, tell us about the training center. Well, let me go back a little bit in history. The trust was set up in uh, 1968 by some uh, folks that were forethinking and had some ideas of what laborers needed to do to be a a vital part of the industry, uh, started out at a two cent an hour contribution rate. So when we started in 68 up until 1972, all of the training was mobile. So we had three instructors. They went all over the uh, state doing classes. And then in 1972, uh, they actually purchased space at Clinton Air Force Base, Clinton County Air Force Base in Wilmington, and we had a residential site set up there. In 1972, also, they bought the 119 acres or so we currently have here in Millwood. And the reason they picked that spot was because it was near the center of the state. And there was no more than about a three-hour drive from any labor to uh, get to the training center. In 1976, they broke ground for the training center, and it was opened uh, the following year in 1977. And have people always stayed overnight there at the training center since it opened? They have. We've always had dormitory space here available. Um, they can come in the night before they have class and stay until the, you know, the class is over and go back home. I'm guessing it's expanded over time or has it always been as large as it is now? How many acres does it cover now? We still have about 119 acres here. Uh, the building itself and the staff has increased obviously from the beginning. You know, I, I was looking up some of the history of the training center. Um, when we first started, we had a total staff of about 25. And now we've just got 16 instructors alone. So with the addition of an additional director spot and additional secretaries and kitchen help, we've expanded that number uh, quite effectively. 
And you said you have 16 instructors. Uh, what kind of courses do they teach at the training center? What can our laborers expect when they come up to the training center? Well, we teach currently about 90 different classes, and that's expanding every year depending on industry needs and what we, our contractors think would be helpful for them. We have to be very careful as we add classes to make sure that it's not good for uh, just one group of folks or one contractor to make sure it's good for the whole industry. You know, we work on a, on a limited contribution here and it's not practical for us to spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to do a class for a dozen folks. We need to make sure that it's good for everybody in the industry to do that. You know, some of the newer classes we've added, we've done uh, a work zone traffic technician class, uh, construction math and construction geometry. Uh, and we added a demolition robot class as our scope of work expands, those are classes we need to add to our arsenal. You know, when we started out, we had about 12 classes. So the new classes we're looking to add, we're going to do a construction algebra class. We've got a work zone technician three class, and we're trying to get into doing a drone class. Many of the uh, surveying companies and the layout companies are using drones to do some of that work. And that is our work as laborers. We want to make sure that uh, we have folks trained to do those jobs. Now, when you say taking classes, people aren't just sitting in classrooms, you know, listening to an instructor teach. We have a lot of on, on hands training at the training center, too. Yes, most of our classes, especially for the hands on training, it's about a 60 percent hands on and about 40 percent in class. It's very difficult to learn how to set up scaffold if you don't have your hands on the scaffold. So it makes it very difficult to do some of our classes um, without having hands-on. You know, you can't learn how to uh, work behind a paver if you're not actually out there doing that. So what's the day in the life of a typical laborer that comes to the training center? Do they come in, you know, on a Monday and stay through Friday, or how does that work? And does it depend on the classes they take? Is there a course curriculum? How does that work? It does depend upon the classes they take. You know, they can look at the uh, training center website, oltc.org, and it will give them a breakdown of the curriculum. It'll also give them an idea of the number of hours for the class. Typically, classes run from 8 to 4.30, Monday through Thursday, and then they get out at noon on Friday. So trainees can come to the training center the night before their class starts, typically on a Sunday. And if they're going to stay in the dorm, uh, we get them a room. Then they go to class 8 to 4.30, Monday to Thursday, and then they check out and leave at noon on Friday. So when they come in, they can stay in the dorm for free. They get three meals a day while they're here. They're also paid a round trip mileage from their hall, union hall to the training center. And we also pay them a $10 per day stipend. One of the good things about Ohio is that they're eligible for unemployment. They also can receive unemployment while they're taking classes. So that helps them maintain a lifestyle and uh, upgrade their abilities. Well, you mentioned unemployment. So as we know, this is a seasonal job for a lot of folks being a laborer. So say I was laid off. Could I just come in and say, you know what? I've never taken a scaffolding class. Can I just come in and sign up to take a scaffolding class to refresh my, or to, you know, refresh my skills? Or, you know, are there certain ones that your employer will say, we need you to get this to, you know, well, go it's certainly important to uh, look at what your uh, employer does to make sure you are best prepared to help them make money and be productive for them. But for the first class of the season, the uh, members have to go to their union hall first to get signed up. Uh, the journey workers, 
And after that, they can go directly through the website to set up classes uh, on their own. For apprentices, the apprentices have to go through their apprenticeship coordinator to set up classes that they take. Okay. Uh, we've had a difficult year in the last year uh, with COVID, and I know that we have had uh, to make some adjustments at the training center to deal with that. Do you want to talk a little bit about the kind of flexibility you guys have had to do at the training center in regards to COVID? Sure. The first thing we did was we cut down on the number of folks uh, in each class. So we limited the class size to 10 per class. We also uh, cut down the dormitory capacity in half. So we only put one person in a room rather than typically two. And we staggered uh, breaks and lunches a lot more. We, we cut down the uh, number at the dining room to about 35. So we had to have more lunch periods to accommodate all of the folks that were here. We were very fortunate though for the season. We only lost two weeks out of the class because of a, uh, I'll say a COVID scare. We never really had uh, any of the trainees that had COVID, but we did have uh, different occasions where uh, trainees had been near someone who tested positive. And in that case, we always shut that class down. And then if we found out uh, later on that the the uh, member here actually had COVID, we would have shut down the whole training center. But fortunately for us, that uh, never happened. And you also uh, pivoted to some online classes. Is that correct? We've done a little bit of online classes. You know, going back to what we were speaking with earlier, it's very difficult to learn how to do many of our tasks unless you have hands-on. So not only do we have to figure out how to divide time between online class and hands-on, we also have to work on figuring out how to get them in the class in a timely manner. You know, it's not going to be very effective if they take the hands or the online portion and then come in six months later, then you have to uh, reevaluate and get them back up to speed for the hands-on. So we are assessing that now. Uh, we do have, uh, and I'll have folks working on more of the lecture type classes where they can just watch a video and, and do the uh, quizzes online. Lots of moving parts when you have to go from uh, in-person to online training for sure. But we also do classes at the locals. Is that correct? That is correct. We are the only training center for signatory laborers in the state of Ohio. So anytime a local union or a signatory contractor has a class, they need to contact us at the training center and we will set up the class for them. So, you know, it sounds like a big number with 16 instructors, but we cover, you know, about 25,000 laborers in Ohio and thousands of signatory contractors. So we can sometimes get uh, fairly spread out. And the training season is just getting ready to wind down for 2021, like a spring of 2021. Um, is there anything coming up that you want to talk about uh, as far as renovations or new classes in store for the next training season? Well, we're actually into our sixth phase of renovation. Our first phase was the addition of additional dorm space, which increased our capacity by about 50%. We added a new game room. And of course, if you increase the number of people staying, you have to increase the capacity of the kitchen. Then we did the office area. The last phase we did was for the classrooms and the lab space. So we have uh, the whole place has been renovated from top to bottom uh, in the last you know five or six years. And this year we're expanding the office area to move the conference room 
and to get more space for the online folks to have training. So we're going to put a, comp, uh, a computer room in uh, old five, as we call it, so that we can do classes there for computers. Training center is going to have a whole different look the next time we come up for uh, the Thanksgiving. Absolutely. It will be a lot different. Is there you know, an easy way for them if they want to sign up for classes? Well, again, I, they, the first class of the season, they need to reach out to their uh, business managers to get signed up because the membership has to be in good standing and they have to have hours paid into our training fund to take classes here. They're allowed to take six weeks per year here. They can take as many classes locally or through their contractor as they want to. So there's no limit on the number of classes they can take on the road. You know, we have a lot of, all of our instructors have, uh, you know, good years of experience and they've worked out in the field. So all of the folks are primarily working in classes that they uh, worked out in the field. We've also got uh, different accreditations that our uh, instructors work through. In fact, this week they are in the Annual Instructor Conference, AIC. And as they progress through that, Lyo Under Training has set up through ANC, the American, Sta- American National Standards Institute, a certification project process for the instructors so that they are certified by ANSI as they go through the training each year. Currently, eight of our instructors have already become ANSI certified. Two of them are ready to set for their final exam as soon as they can be scheduled through LIA training. And then we've got the other six are actively working toward their accreditation. We've also got through LIA training uh, accreditation on the curriculum, and that's through the International Accreditation Service. So they establish criteria for learning objectives, developing training materials, and conducting program measurements and improvement. One of the things I would like to make sure, especially for our journey workers and apprentices to realize, is we are affiliated with Cuyahoga Community College up in Cleveland. So as they are taking classes here, some of those may qualify them as credits through Tri-C, and they can get an associate's degree with um, a few additional general education classes. So it's a, a good way for them to not only increase their productivity for the contract, but also uh, increase their um, worth to the union. That sounds great. Uh, you've taught me a lot about the training center, John. Uh, just don't try and test me on all the information. We've covered a lot here today. Well, there's a lot to learn. And there, there, honestly, even though we've talked extensively, there's still a few things you know that that you need to really see and feel to see how the training center operates. Yeah, it's a really beautiful facility on a lot of, you know, rolling acres. And the staff there is so nice and friendly and accommodating. And you do really have to see it to believe it. Absolutely. And and certainly anybody that hasn't been here in the last five or six years, whether it's a member or a politician, just contact me, a contractor, and we will set up a tour. You know, we're working with all sorts of different partners trying to make uh, the laborers in Ohio the most well-trained and best organization in the state of Ohio. Our industry is always changing, uh, whether it be, you know, like you said, with the drones, John, or with your new uh, work zone safety class. Um, What are some of the new things that the training center is going to be working on and maybe some of the new classes uh, that will be coming up in the future? Well, let me start first uh, going back to the work zone traffic technician class. We've already had uh, work zone tech one and two, and we're working on work zone technician three. 
This came about because ODOT has decided that they want to be the ones to certify traffic supervisors. So we have developed and are developing classes to help our members uh, pass that test successfully. So we've had to adapt the class that we we had previously to make sure that our folks are are working on that. Uh, an exciting new venture that we really have just gotten into is with uh, exoskeletons. We're working with uh, Virginia Tech and also have some uh, meetings lined up with other universities I don't want to name now and, and bureaus of worker comp in Ohio to see how it will help laborers to be more productive, to work more safely, and to uh, go home at the end of the day. Because ideally, that's what we're all trying to do and what we try to express here at the training center is be productive while you're working and, and get home safely. Now, when you say exoskeleton, that means that would be something that the laborer would wear when they're doing like heavy lifting or, you know, it could give them support when, you know, they're carrying heavy objects and things like that. Is that the purpose of the exoskeleton? At this point, that's what we're looking at. The ones that they brought in uh, a few weeks ago uh, were were fairly uh, simple, if that's the right word. You know, we had one that was more for back support Mm -hmm. and would help the laborers as they were working either. Uh, below knee level or above their head, helping to get support. So they had more, had better posture as they were working. We also had one that was the upper body, which gave you a support on your arms and helped you lift heavier things as you mentioned before. So we've had uh, our instructors wear those and try those out. Uh, I've got one that is, is ready for me to buy one yesterday. So he really liked uh, how exoskeletons helped him and we will look to work more with them. We're expecting uh, Virginia Tech to come back in uh, later this fall to really see what we can do for them. Unfortunately, they came in before or after the season was over and we weren't able to get uh, trainees uh, involved with those, but we hope to get them back in to, to learn how to use those more effectively. Well, that's really exciting because, you know, we always say that labor's work is hard work. So anything that we can do to help them out, you know, to prolong, um, their employment with the laborers and with their company and to help them take care of their bodies uh, is an awesome thing. That's really exciting to be on the forefront of that. It is. And we've worked together with a lot of different funds. It's not only the, uh, the, the training center, but, but health and safety and less it to, to put these things together. And I think that's, what's really important to remember is that all of the funds, no matter what our, our smaller title is, we are all involved with the uh, laborers district council of Ohio and it's important for everyone to realize that we do all work together toward a common cause to make employer employees more productive, to make them more valuable to their contractors, and to make our contractors more competitive. Yeah, we really do work as a team and keep our members in mind at the forefront of everything that we do. Now, talk about the drones. Is that people will be learning on how to like fly the drones? And in what capacity? Yes. To take photos or to actually you know drop off packages that I... Well, we wouldn't be dropping off packages. That's 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 another sister local, and and actually that would be the mail handlers, which are our folks as well. So with the drones, some of the contractors are using drones for layout work. So that again is part of laborers' work. So laying out uh, building and roadways. So they actually would have cameras on the drones to do that aerially, and so we would have people that learn how to fly the drones, operate the cameras, and we actually have. Uh, purchased already three different drones. So we are ready to do that as, as soon as we can put curriculum together 
and, and see how they're going to be able to do that. That's really cool and uh, an interesting development in the laborers. I'm sure when they first took this job, not many thought they would be flying a drone around. Absolutely not. Well, and, and when you come to visit, you will have the opportunity to see some of the historical pictures we have from the folks where all they had was, you know, picks and shovels, although we still use those. But in the, uh, you know, 100 years or so that the laborers have been in existence, we have moved a lot from just being pick and shovel folks. You know, we're, we're working with drones. We're working with message boards and arrow boards out on the roads. Um, we're looking, f- and not as much anymore, but, you know, those hydromobile scaffolds. So there are a lot of things and innovations that have come through uh, that we have trained at the training center, again, that you wouldn't have thought of 100 years ago. Yeah, and it's exciting to know that we're on the forefront um, of a lot of them. Yes, absolutely. We That's one of the things that's really important here. You know, one of the things that we like to make sure is that our membership understands that we're trying to make them more productive. We need to build up some self-esteem and give them confidence on their abilities. You know, they may not necessarily call you out of the hall to run a drone on a job, but if someone out of the company was not there that day, they may say, does anybody else know how to do that? And that will give you the opportunity to show what you can do if you've had a class here. And that's really what the laborers union is about. You know, we're not guaranteeing anybody a job. What we're guaranteeing them is an opportunity to do that job. And at that point forward, it is up to them to keep that job and to maintain it. 2020 really threw us for a curve when the COVID-19 pandemic broke out. And, you know, our training classes were just getting started during that period. We were just going back to starting our training. Uh, What were some of the things that the training center had to do to get ready to have in-person classes when we were allowed to? Well, we had to work collaboratively with a lot of different partners. You know, certainly uh, Lyuna Health and Safety was involved with that. We followed the guidelines set out by the CDC and uh, Governor DeWine's office. So we had to put all of those together to try to make a plan of action for us to safely open the training center. As I mentioned before, we cut down the class size. We had to go to just, for instance, paper plates in the dorm area or in the cafeteria. So nobody could have real forks and real plates. So everything was disposable. We had to buy hand sanitizer and disinfecting wipes and masks. I can't tell you how many masks we had to buy to keep this place open because everyone had to wear one while they were up and about. So we worked through and with a lot of different folks to make sure that we were able to stay up and running because we were classified through the governor's office as an essential worker. So we had to make sure that our folks were trained and and safely able to do the jobs that were required out there. Yeah, and I think that's a real testament to the leadership of both you and Dennis up at the training center that, you know, we still had hundreds of people coming throughout the state. And, you know, we really had minimal blips uh, with the COVID-19 issues at the training center. That's a real testament to the job that you guys did and following the CDC guidelines and working together. Well, thank you. On, on Dennis's behalf of mine, I thank you for that. And, and it was a lot of work, but but we can't take all the credit. It certainly was also through the rest of the staff and every laborer in the state of Ohio that came to classes here and on the road to follow through and make sure we made it through uh, this unprecedented season without any more blips. 
Yeah, and hopefully, you know, uh, when the season starts again uh, later in the fall, uh, we'll be smooth sailing in 2021. I look forward to that. To find out more information about the Training Center and how to register for online classes or in-person classes, please go to the show notes or go to www.oltc.org. Views and comments on this program may not be those of the Ohio Laborers District Council or of LIUNA. This has been a Down with the Dig production.